make divine adjustments and help us direct our hearts towards Him. The very important subject that we're looking at today is kind of like heart surgery. If you're going to have heart surgery, uh, although they've done it thousands of times now, this is not like you're putting on a Band-Aid. In other words, it's something serious. So heart surgery, anything to do with the heart, I believe is important because it is a major part of how God has created us to function. Now Matthew chapter 6, let's go down today to verse 19 and let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank You for Your Word, that Your Word is a lamp unto our feet, that Your Word illuminates the path that we are to walk in. So we're going to take it today and apply it by the anointing of Your Holy Spirit. We ask, Father, that Your Holy Spirit really would help us direct our hearts continually. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all this morning say, Amen. Verse 19, of course, these are the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. Now, remember, you never want to take one verse out of the Bible, maybe try to make it something that it doesn't fully imply. In other words, you could teach just verses like this alone, not balance them with other verses, which the other verses are also what God said. And if you teach it out of context, you can build certain doctrines that are, they're skewed. They will not support the true weight of what God intends. Uh, you know, some people have read verses like this and, and have said, see, God doesn't want us to have anything. God doesn't want us even to have a savings account. We're not supposed to have anything extra. But yet there are direct verses in the Bible, particularly in the book of Proverbs, the book of wisdom, that talk a lot about savings, uh, having extra. God mentions even often in the New Testament about abundance, 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. Those two chapters directly, particularly chapter 9, talk directly about how God wants you to have abundance. You see it in Psalm 112. And you see it in also particularly about savings and storehouses. Excuse me. You would find that in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 8. Praise the Lord. So storehouses are actually a blessing from the Lord. So it says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. The focus really here is the treasures. We want to talk about that. Talk about that. Uh, it says here, the ones on the earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. So let's balance it. The Lord's not saying don't have savings, don't have extra, you can't buy anything. You know, if you just took this by itself and didn't take in the other verses, you might think that all you're supposed to have is a loaf of bread. And maybe not even a, lo maybe not even a loaf, maybe just a few slices, right? That's not what He's saying. This again is dealing with the attitudes of our heart. Verse 20, but lay up for yourselves treasures. Say that word today as you're watching. Say the word treasures, okay? Treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. And then we have the classic statement, verse 21. I think many of us are very familiar with this very famous statement Jesus made. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, 
is where your heart is going to be at. Today we want to talk about heart treasure. What the Lord is endeavoring to do through these teachings is He's trying to get us to turn our hearts towards Him. He wants us to turn our hearts, our attention, our devotion, our worship towards Him. I think there's something about the human heart. Your heart, my heart, there's something about the human heart that in many ways just wants to run like a horse in all kinds of things. We want to run wild. We, we want to run into this. Maybe it's a good thing. But we want to rush into that hobby. And we want to gobble up that hobby. It's our newfound love. And then we find something else. And we want to rush like a wild horse into that. And now we're excited about this. And we go through life and we have these things we get very passionate about. We get very excited about. And you're fine that the things that you're really into uh, that actually is your treasure. Wow. Let's talk about it today. I believe that it is good to have passion. It is good to have pursuit. But like a, like a horse, horse, your heart, like a horse, you need to take your heart and bridle it. Okay? And what I mean by that, take your heart and intentionally direct yourself towards God. Just like the rider can take the horse because the horse now has the bit and the bridle and the, the rider can control the horse by just a gentle nudge. Or it doesn't even have to yank, just a gentle little nudge and that horse will begin to turn. So turn your heart towards the Lord. And the thing is, once you have directed your heart towards the Lord, then get rid of the bridle. Remove any restrictions and let your heart run freely with that wildness. See, you never want to break a horse in the sense where you crush its spirit. But you do want to be able to teach it, and you do want the, the horse to be able to receive instruction, particularly if you're trying to administer medicine to it, if you're trying to teach uh, some necessary skills to it. It really is for the betterment of the horse. We're not trying to crush the spirit. We're just trying to help the horse so that we can work together. Same thing with God. Turn your heart towards the Lord, and then with unbridled passion, release it on the Lord. Who praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. You need to let your love for God, please listen to this very carefully. You need to let your love for God be continually increasing. If you are not continually increasing your love for God, then what will happen is that the lower things of this world, like wild vines that grow, they will begin to come and wrap around your heart, and they'll claim your attention. You know, my wife and I, we owned a beautiful piece of property up on a mountain, and we were, uh, we were thinking about building a home site there. Plans changed, and it, it didn't work out, but nevertheless, we did some small-scale preliminary, you know, preparation of the land that should we build here that we could already have a few things done. Out of this beautiful property, there was only one holly tree on it. And it would be right in the area uh, where it would be next to the, uh, the house plan, where the house would be built at. So we thought, let's keep the holly tree. Uh, some of this other stuff we can clear out. But you know, me and Kelly's father, we began to work on the holly tree. And this was, the, you know, this is a... 
this is a couple acres of land up on a mountain, uh, and so this is completely untended land. But you know what? That beautiful holly tree was being strangled with wild vines, where the vines would just grow and go through all the limbs. And there are quite a few other trees that had these wild vines that had, in many ways, taken over the tree, choked the tree, and had killed these other trees. But it gave me and Kelly's father, his name is Bill, it gave me and Bill the most wonderful feeling, a sense of satisfaction to get all of those vines out of the holly tree. The, these are wild vines. They just grow and they choke and kill other trees in an effort to, for themselves to climb higher and get light so that they might live. But we got all of those vines and thorns and just yanked all of that stuff out of the tree. I'm talking thorn vines that were 60 feet long, and we would just, you know, just get them all out of the tree, uh, and not just cut them off out of the ground, because if you cut it, they'll just start growing again, grow all the way back up to the branches, and start working their way through the tree again. So we got them all out of the ground, and we felt so good that we got the tree cleaned up. And your heart needs to be free. Your heart needs to be free, but if your love for God is not increasing, then what will happen is all of these other things of the world will endeavor to capture the attention of your heart. And so then what happens? What happens is that God ceases to be your great treasure. Oh, He's still your God. And you're still saved by the blood of His Son because you put your faith and trust in Him. But your love can grow cold. And trust me, it doesn't take your heart very long to grow cold in love for God. If you begin to drift one week, two weeks, and your heart can lose that interest in that pursuit of God, and the next thing you know, you're in the stuff that, you know, previously you'd have had no interest at all in. So you have to be very careful that you guard your heart and that the Lord always remains the treasure of your life. For where your treasure is, look, that, that is absolutely where your heart's going to be at. Woo! Praise the Lord. Now when, we're talk now, when we're talking about God as our treasure, what does it really mean in the essence of treasure? I think we all know that this is not like a box with gold coins in it, you know, some chest that maybe a, a pirate uh, hid and, you know, and forgot, forgot about or never could get back to. But really, but really the treasure, treasure in life, whether it's God or some other source, is where you find your refuge at. Mm. It's where you find a praise the Lord. And you really need to direct your heart Learn to train your heart to do this, to go after the Lord, make Him your treasure. In other words, make Him your dependency, make Him your refuge. Praise God. You know, I was reminded as I was preparing these notes uh, years back when I, I had a job, and uh, you know, there's a quite, quite a few people that work for this company, but the boss, he would sit in his office, and he had, he had windows, so you could look right into his office, you could see what he was doing. He'd even leave the door open, and he'd sit in his office every day. Not, not, watch this, not once a week, not once a month. He would sit in his office every day and do nothing but count his gold coins. Well, I know that sounds like Scrooge McDuck. If you've ever seen the, the cartoons growing up of Scrooge McDuck counting his money, it's all he ever did is count his money. And that's all this man did. 
It, it was a steel company. He'd made millions and millions of dollars over the years, and uh, you know he's got he's got all of his uh, vice president. He's got a vice president, got a, an entire corporate team that can pretty much just run the business, and he's got a lot of money. He's happy. And that's all he do every day. Sit at his desk every day. And you could see it. You could see all the coins. Some of these were what we would say collectibles, antique coins, current type coins, those that are into numismatics. Well, he would just count his money, count his money. Look at his coin, coins. You could see him in there holding up his coin. Look at it, set it down, pick another one up. And he loved it. He loved it if people walked by and saw him in there doing that. What is that? That's his treasure. That's his treasure. When something is your treasure, you want to talk about it. When something is your treasure, you want to share it with others. When something is your treasure, you look for others who have the similar love that you do. Mm, very, very interesting. So what had happened to that man? That money had become his dependency. That money had, uh, those gold coins had become his refuge. That's where he found comfort. That to him is where he found a, a sense of what he would call satisfaction. But as you and I know, only God can be our treasure. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Earlier today, I was having lunch with one of our online church members. And uh, he's, he's a teenager. He's 13 years old. And we got together for lunch today, and we had, a, we had a fun talk. We were talking about the things of God. And while we're eating a hot dog and sitting down on a park bench talking together, uh, there's a person that comes outside of a local business, steps outside of the business. Obviously, this person works there, and the person begins to smoke a cigarette. Uh, obviously, they're on a break, maybe a five-minute break. They walk out of their, their work area, step outside, walk around a little bit. They're smoking a cigarette. And I, I could see that person smoking. And, you know, I began to talk to the the young uh, brother with me, and I said to him, I said, why do you suppose that lady is smoking a cigarette? Why is she doing that? Well, Pastor Stephen, I, I guess she's taking a break. Yes. So on a break, why smoke a cigarette? Well, we, we began to talk about that, and I began to teach him about how you can direct your heart to God. So why would a person take a break, walk outside, and do something that they know they know is actually slowly killing them, and they, they'll still do it. They'll, they're still doing it. Why would they do that? We have to ask ourselves this question. Why do we do what we do? Why do we choose to make this our refuge? Why do we choose to let this soothe us? Why do we choose to make this our treasure when really only God can sod can satisfy us the way we want to be satisfied. Very, very interesting. So why would she smoke a cigarette? Because that cigarette, although it's killing her, her body is craving the nicotine. You smoke for a long time, your body gets filled up with tar and all kinds of uh, 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 things come inside of it, but your body gets accustomed to that, and it's going to crave that nicotine fix. So by lighting up that cigarette, it brings a soothing situation to her craving flesh. It brings to her a sense of comfort. In essence, you could say that that cigarette, although look, it's only what, 
four inches long, that little cigarette has become her refuge. Let's say it even clearer. That cigarette has become her treasure. See, your treasure is where you take your refuge. Your treasure is where you go when stress hits you in life. Mm. When the pressures of life come, and they come to all of us. When trouble shows up, and Jesus said every day has its, is sufficient for its own trouble. He even said that in the same chapter that we're studying today, Matthew chapter 6, as he closed out that teaching. But my friends, when trouble shows up, pressure, stress, difficulties in, in your life, what happens is people go to their refuge in order to deal with the complexities and with the strain and the stress of life. And so where you go to as your refuge really is where your or what your treasure is. Now, for her, it was a cigarette. A cigarette. For the CEO of the company, it was his gold coins. But what did Jesus say? For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Mm. He goes on to say, you can't serve two masters. <laughs> you, you can't have, in a sense, two treasures. You've got to have God as your ultimate source of comfort, of blessing, and then everything out of that. Look, even, even the blessings of God, you cannot make that your treasure. You cannot make the gifts of the Spirit your treasure. Are, are they priceless in a sense? Yes, because they come from God. But even the, even the gifts, the manifestations of them, that in a sense is not a direct relationship with God. You can have gifts manifest in your life of the Spirit, not even be walking right with God. Because the gifts are given without repentance. And God can give the gift, and then a person in a sense can not even really be serving God, but that gift was given, and it can still manifest and operate in a person's life. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. So, always turn your heart to the Lord as your treasure. Make the Lord your refuge. Make the Lord the one that you are dependent upon. Not the gold coins, not the cigarette. Now, sometimes it's different for many, many different people because we all have the ability to turn to anything that we want. Now, we want to turn to God, but if you have trained your heart to turn to something else, then you're going to have to retrain it and get it to turn towards the Lord. Praise God. Some men, for instance, when they feel, and I'll be honest, some women too, when they feel the pressures of life, uh, the dips of life, uh, whether they come home after a, uh, after a difficult day at work or sometimes at work, open up the laptop or secretly get on the computer. This is a major problem with employers, uh, with their employees, even at work looking at pornography. Why does a person do that? Because they have not made the Lord their great treasure. So when they need comfort, when they need soothing, when they need a refuge to go into to deal with the difficulties of life, they look for something to provide that, 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 that security that they need. And if the Lord, if He's not your treasure, you're going to make something else your place of refuge. And so for some, Gold coins. For others, maybe a cigarette. For some, it's porn. 
It could be many, many different things. For some people, it's food. They feel the pressures of life. They have a way of escape. Their coping mechanism is food. It doesn't matter if you're already full. It creates a soothing sensation. It's a pleasurable experience. It could be just like a cigarette. You know, hey, we're overdoing it, but you can't stop. Why? You've made that your treasure. You've made that your treasure. What, what do you do if you're in a situation like this? You're going to have to get your heart to start going towards God more. Going towards God more. You're going to have to get yourself to start loving God more. And if you begin to love the Lord, what will happen? If you begin to draw near to the Lord, what will happen? He'll start to draw near to you, and you'll lose desire for all these other things that are on a much lower level. Woo! Hallelujah. Some people, when uh, they are, how can we say, maybe just frustrated with life, they want to tune everything out, what do they do? They turn on the news. Nothing wrong with watching news, but let's be honest, four hours of news? You've heard everything that you needed to hear in 30 minutes. Why four hours? What's going on? A refuge, a treasure, and, and, and you're, it, it's soothing you. And you could just sit there, and it's almost like it's comforting you. Even if you're not even paying attention, the background of it, in the, the noise of the background, it's doing something to bring like a hurt. Interesting. We can, we can put treasure in many different things. Praise God. Some people, they put it in drugs. They start with maybe uh, the introductory drug to uh, this world of uh, pharmacia. Maybe they get into marijuana. Maybe uh, others who have uh, unfortunate pads, well, they were given a prescription drug. They needed to take it, but over a period of time, they became addicted to it. And now, maybe they've even received healing from the thing that they needed uh, the drug for uh, to, uh, to help counter off the pain or whatever it is, but now they're addicted to the drug. And you know what? Those things can become a crutch. Those things can actually become a treasure. My, my wife and I were trying to help a person the other day who, who's gotten addicted to aspirin and has to take aspirin every four hours, even if there's no pain, no headache, no discomfort in the joints, nothing, but got to have an aspirin, got to have two, two aspirin. Why? Well, that's just what I do. I need two. Every four hours, got to have two more aspirin. I've been doing this for years and years and years, and it's really done damage to the lining of their stomach. But they can't stop, even though they know it's destroying their stomach. Got to take the aspirin. Got to take the aspirin. Why? It brings them comfort. It makes them feel secure. They took their aspirin. They took their aspirin. It may sound funny, but you, you know what? When you make something your security blanket, blanket, it's not funny to you. How I many of you grew up like I did? You had a teddy bear. And eventually, as you keep growing up, you know, you love your teddy bear. But, you know, when it's time to go off to elementary school, first grade, you, uh, you know, or preschool, you know, your parents wisely say, hey, um, Probably time to leave the teddy bear at home. Oh, no, I've got to take my teddy bear. No, no, no don't, don't do that. They're going to make fun of you. Uh, well, just leave it here with us. We'll take care of it while you're gone. Okay. All right. So long as I come home and my teddy bear is waiting for me, it's okay. <laughs> All right? But see, you had to eventually let go of it and turn your heart towards something else. Same thing with a little blanket. I always had my blanket growing up. I remember what it was like. It was kind of like a, uh, like a soft yellow color. Maybe that's why I like pastels. It was a soft yellow, and I used to always have my blanket. I had it so much, I almost completely wore it out. But don't ever get rid of it. Why? That's my blanket. That's my treasure. And I have developed a dependency upon it. It's where I go for refuge. 
I don't know how it provides that, but when I hold it, I feel good. I feel good. But you know what? One day my mom, my mom said, she said, son, the, the blanket, uh, your blanket is totally shot. I can't even put it in the washer. It's just like disintegrating. <laughs> she told me she'd get me another one, but she never did. She knew it was time to cut it off. Praise the Lord. What's going on? What's going on? Your treasure. It's your treasure. We're very serious about our treasure. Why? That's where your heart's at. So what do you need to do? You need to take your heart and say, come on, we're going to give all of this to the Lord. All of this zeal and passion and drive. We thank God for all of His blessings. We're going to enjoy His blessings, but we're bringing it all right back to Him. Lord, we turn our faces to You. Woo! Hallelujah. And you know what happens when you start to do that? God will start to fill you up with His presence, with His glory, with His joy, with His happiness. And you'll look back and you'll say, I can't believe I used to be captivated by that. That's just like, that's just like bizarre that I used to have an interest in that. And you know what? It is bizarre. But my friends, we have to train our hearts to go after the Lord. If you don't go after the Lord... It's not like an angel may show up one day and say, turn your heart to the Lord. No, you need to stir yourself up. Just rouse yourself and say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make the Lord my great treasure in life. When you begin to do it, you really see He's worthy. He really is the greatest of all. He really is the great treasure. Why haven't I discovered Him sooner? Because we allowed other things to captivate us in life. We made other things our refuge. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Some people make their treasure shopping. I was with a, a brother one time in my church. I pastored different churches. And uh, this one brother, he was, a, he was a wonderful man. He was a tither, and he was a giver. But he just, uh, and he loved the Word. But you know what? If, you, if all you ever have is the Word, you'll get dry. You've got to pray, because it's prayer that keeps that anointing of the Spirit, that oil of the Spirit flowing in your life. So you need, you need prayer, and you need the Word. But he was always just all Word, 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 and he gets so dry. So he began to develop his own refuge to feel that dryness. See, that's why, we, that's why we get into these things. Why? We're trying to feel something that only God can feel. Mmm, praise the Lord. So he began to make shopping his refuge. So one day he took me with him, and he, he, he's, he's nice. He bought me some things, but oh, I never saw a person before that had a spirit of shopping. I mean, he was shopping. You heard the word shop till you drop? Well, that, that's him. I know sometimes they, uh, they try to refer that to ladies, but I tell you, there's some men that like to shop too, and there is such a thing as a shopping spirit. And that, that spirit of shopping came on him, and he's, 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 he's going through thousands and thousands of dollars. And uh, yes, he was nice. He, bought, he brought me a few things because I'm his pastor. But he was just, uh, he was going to town on himself. I, I'm talking buying stuff that, I, you know, some things you can buy. And you look back later and you think, what in the world did I buy that for? Mm. We, we went through one area. And he bought himself uh, uh, one of these um, pieces of jewelry. But it was just a strap of leather. But that may sound funny, but they, but the scrap of leather just had a had a little logo stamped on it by one of these uh, you know very famous Paris France jewelry companies, and it was just a strip of leather, 
and had that stamp of the logo on the leather. And you know, the price tag was more than probably what a lot of people would make. I don't know, weeks of weeks of working. Buys it just like that. Boy, that shopping spirit was on him. Boy, he was on fire. <laughs> so today, you know, where's that little piece of leather at? I, I don't know. I, I do know that he had a crunch later. About a year later, he had a great financial crunch. And he, you, you, and he was like, praise God for eBay. All of that stuff was going on eBay. All of that stuff going on eBay. Pennies for the dollar. Pennies for the dollar. But see, he had made something. He had made something his treasure. He had, a, he had a, an area of his heart that needed to be filled. And instead of directing his heart towards God and saying, God, you're my great treasure. I'm coming before you again seeking you because there's nothing greater that I could ever do. Lord, I could never get more filled any other way than what I could by coming to you. He turned to shopping. Let's not make fun of him. We've all turned to various different things. He's a good brother serving the Lord today. Praise God. But you see, our hearts like a wild horse, want to run into all kinds of stuff. Get all excited about it. Mm. Some guys, they run into sports. Why? Because they sit there in front of that 4K TV, and they watch the game with their pizza on the left hand, with the beer on the right hand, and they eat, and they drink, and they watch. They watch somebody else sweat and bang their body into somebody else whether it's football or whatever and they sit there letting the people on the TV do all the work and they sit there like a king in their own world and what are they doing they're soothing they're soothing that area of their heart for hours and hours and hours but after they've done it for hours and hours and hours they still they still aren't satisfied so what do they do they have they have to do it again the next weekend and the next weekend or the next day or the next day Praise the Lord. Why? What's going on? They're looking for something to quench an inner hunger that only God can do. They're looking for something that will fill them and, and, and calm them. And that's why a lot of people like to do that. They're like, it's been a rough day. I just want to sit down here. Don't anybody talk to me. And I want to watch TV. I want to watch something totally brainless and stupid. <laughs> I want to watch something that does not even challenge me at all. <laughs> why do we do that? Why don't, why don't we turn to the Lord? Why don't we train our hearts to say, you know what? I'm not going to degrade my intelligence or insult my intelligence by watching that stupid show ever again. I'm going to turn my heart to the Lord. And let's see you do that. T trust me, 30 minutes later, you'll be, you'll be praising the Lord. You'll be so happy you did. Why? You start getting filled up. You start getting filled up. With, and the world can never fill you up. Even no matter how hard you try or no matter how much you feed on it, it'll never fill you up. But you turn to the Lord, He fills you up, and the other stuff just loses its allure. Very, very interesting. Praise God. We look for treasure in many different ways and in many different things. Sometimes people turn to the bottle. They turn to alcohol. And, you know, they, even before they go to sleep at night, just to knock off any last remaining jitters. Or, or nerve stress, they have to have a little scotch on the rocks, a little gin tonic, a little something to uh, cap the night off before they uh, go to sleep. Well, instead of reaching for the, you know, scotch on the rocks before mixing a Red Bull and vodka, 
why not reach to the Lord and say God I reach out to you I turn my heart to you God thank you for this day I'm tired but Lord I, before I go to sleep and lay my head on this pillow I just want to tell you how much I love you Lord I love you so much I'm getting out of this bed and getting on my knees and I'm giving you 10 minutes of praise oh God I just came to tell you how much I love you how much I love you see you start turning your heart towards the Lord you won't want that anymore mmm mmm some people they reach for the for the whiskey southern comfort whatever it might be look I'm going to tell you that the Holy Spirit can comfort you you don't need to reach for the southern comfort you need to reach for the comforter hallelujah and if you do that you're making the right decision but see whether it's a cigarette whether it's a whiskey bottle, whether it's a pill, whether it's the remote control on the TV, or whether it's another drumstick out of the fridge. My, my, my friends, you have the option to say, you know what, that's never going to satisfy me. I need to stop looking for all of these other things and trying to plug them in and making them my treasure when it never can, it can never do me the, what the Lord can do for me. Praise God. Hallelujah. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You need to train your heart to be directed towards God and away from the earthly sources that would try to compete and say, hey, let us feed you. Let us fill you. No, turn to the Lord. Turn to the Lord. Amen. And He'll fill you up. He'll make you happy. He'll make you real happy. And you'll find that the greatest treasure is knowing God, walking with the Lord, serving Him, living for Him, living for Him. Praise the Lord. Don't let things creep into your life and override your prayer time. Well, Pastor Stephen, we got busy. God understands. He understands that you're starting uh, to drift. He understands that if He's the great treasure, everything else orbits around him why does he now have to orbit around this thing that you're trying to plug in above him praise the Lord I'm telling you it's very easy to drift in life and if you've ever been to the ocean and go out you know go from the beach go out onto the water get on your nice little raft or your inner tube and you're floating and you haven't you're having a nice time the next thing you know you're 200 yards from the shore <laughs> what happened you're, you're being pulled out you're being pulled out to sea. There's a rip current. There's an undertide. You might not even be aware of, but it's taking you out. So, you know, you need to be aware of stuff like that because it's very easy for the current of this world system to pull you away from the Lord. So what, what do you do to counter that? You keep always abiding in the Lord. You have to keep training your heart to go after God. Keep training your heart to go after God. And when you're in that flow, keep that flow going. Don't ever pull out of it. Praise the Lord. One more verse tonight, Let's, or this morning, Isaiah 64, Isaiah 64, verse 7. There is no one who calls on your name, who stirs himself up to take hold of you. Now, the Lord speaking to the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah prophesying to the people of Israel in a backslidden condition and he's saying to them there is no one who calls on your name who stirs himself up see who stirs himself up to do what to take hold of you to take hold of God well why won't they stir themselves up Pastor Stephen take hold of God because they have stirred themselves up to take hold of other things <laughs> 
they, they've stirred themselves up all right, but not to go after the Lord, but to go after this, something lesser, something lesser. And so what happened? Because of that, they went into captivity. They went into captivity. Mm. Stir yourself up to take hold of God. See, that's what the Lord's saying. Matthew chapter 6, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. See, go after the Lord, make Him your great treasure. All of these things that the Gentiles, they're all running after, and they want it so bad. They lust for it. They would even steal, lie, some would even kill to get it. All of those things, the Lord, your, your Father knows that you need them. He'll give them to you. But put the Lord first. Put the Lord and His kingdom and the Lord's priorities. Put that first. And if you'll go after the Lord and make Him your great treasure, you get everything else. You get everything else. But this is an issue of the heart, you see. You have to direct your heart towards the Lord. If you are not, if you are not cognitively directing your heart toward the Lord consistently, it will go after other things. You go after all kinds of silly stuff. I know mine has before. I've looked at certain things and I thought, ooh, mm, yeah, I like that. Yeah, I, 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 I think I want to get in on that. And then you get in on it for a little bit and you're like, you know, th this was exciting when I got in. How, how come it's wearing off? Because God's not in it. At least He's not in it for you, okay? And you have to, you have to just cut your losses sometimes and say, you know what? Uh, no, that's, that's not for me. I don't need to be doing that. I, I'm not called to that. I can't give that my focus. Now look, when you get to heaven, you're going to have plenty of time to do a lot of things. Mm. I've, I've had pastors ask me before, Pastor Stephen, you want to go play golf? Let's go play golf. I don't play golf. How come you don't play golf? They ask me that. How come you don't play golf? Because many of them do. How come, Pastor Stephen, you don't play golf? Because if I did, I would probably like it. <laughs> Looks like something that's fun. Okay, but the thing is, I don't need something else where I start pouring my life, pouring my energy, pouring my talent into something that, you know, uh, with golf, unless you're pretty good at it, you can't even really enjoy it. It's too frustrating. It's too frustrating. <laughs> so, you know what? And it takes, takes a lot of practice to get good at it. But the thing is, my friends, is that when you get to heaven, and you go on to be with the Lord, you leave, this, you leave this life, leave this earth, then you'll have all the time in the world to do these other things. But for now, you need to stay focused on the Lord and what He has called you to do. Stay on task. Stay on assignment. Praise God. Don't let your heart drift into all kinds of other stuff. Go after the Lord. Go after the Lord. And the Lord will satisfy you. The Lord will fill you up. And He will give you a life of pleasure and joy, and happiness, that others will look at your life, and they will want to emulate what it is that you are walking in. Praise God. Lift your hands. Father, I pray for your people today. I pray that within their hearts, that they turn fully to you, and make you their treasure. Make you their treasure. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. I have a pastor friend, and he was, uh, he was good at golf. He liked playing golf. Pastor, you know, pretty good-sized church, a couple thousand members. So, you know, it's not a small church. And, you know, got a couple thousand members, and uh, he liked golf. Kept on playing golf. He would use his spare time to play golf. 
use some extra time, some days off to play golf. And then in this, in this county, they had a golf tournament. And I won't tell you where it was at, but I mean, in this county, you got, I don't know, a couple of million people living in this county. And they had a golf tournament. Everybody comes out to compete at the golf tournament. See who's going to win. Pros not allowed. But if you're, if you're like a golfer and you think you've got the stuff, come on out and play. So all these guys and gals from all over come out to play. I'm talking a lot of people. And he won. He won the whole tournament. And you know, he was struck with conviction. He, he has all these people applauding him. People are saying, man, you're a pastor, and you won the whole thing. Wow, just imagine what you could do if you really put yourself into it. And he thought, Lord, I've, he said, I've been putting too much time into this. And while everybody's rejoicing around him, and they're handing him a check for having won, the Holy Spirit's talking to him. Why? Heart problem. Heart problem. Heart problem. Look, when you get to heaven, you can play golf all you want. But for him... I'm talking about a, a person that, and when he's in his evangelistic anointing, he's bringing people to Christ like, like Domino's is delivering pizzas. He's good, real good at what he does. So instead of pulling people out of the gates of hell, delivering people from the jaws of death, he's over here trying to get a little ball into a little hole. And heaven's weeping. Heaven's weeping. And on that day he said, this is going to have to change. Everybody's rejoicing, and he's grieving on the inside. Why? His heart's not right. Heart's not right. Take your heart, turn it to the Lord. Give God your attention. Give God your whole heart. Oh, glory to God. When you feel discouraged, turn to Him. When you feel happy, turn to Him. When you have extra time, don't pick up the remote, turn to Him. Glory to the Lord. Turn to Him. Then everything else that you do in life will have vibrancy and color and joy. Maximum joy. You live your life in full HD. Praise God. So here's the thing. You can begin turning right now. You can begin turning right now. In all of these other areas of refuge, all of these other, really, I'll be honest, the Old Testament, it was called idols, false gods, all of these other things that would seem to apply a source of treasure, a source of refuge, an area of comfort, an area to be soothed. All of those things will just fade, fall off, and you'll, and you'll say, no, no, no. They can't do me the way the Lord can. The Lord satisfies me. Praise the Lord. Every time you make the choice to direct your heart to the Lord, you are investing in your spiritual well-being, and you're investing in two Really, the very life of God itself flowing into you. Praise God. Now, let's get ready to take communion today as the Lord is turning hearts to Him. Praise God. Mm. There is no one who calls on your name who stirs himself, who arouses himself to take hold of you. Stir yourself up. Don't wait for an angel to tickle you on the toe with a feather. That may never happen. Stir yourself up. Don't wait for a heavenly voice to speak out of heaven at three in the morning and say, get out of bed. No, just set the alarm clock. <laughs> All right. Stir yourself up to turn your heart towards the Lord. Make him your great treasure. It'll bring you so much joy. Father, we thank you for the bread. We thank you for the juice. 
We consecrate it. We bless it. We thank you that this is now the flesh and the blood of Jesus. Glory. Father, only you can satisfy. So we now partake of the flesh of Jesus. We're so glad that we're investing our time in studying your word, taking communion, and spending time at your feet in your holy presence. Thank you, Father. Fill us up as we now receive the body of Jesus. Let's partake together. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory. Woo! Glory. You're going up in the things of God. You're going up in the things of God intentionally. You're turning your heart towards the Lord, and He is satisfying you. You are drinking from Him. You are in His presence. You are being changed from glory to glory. You're becoming more like Jesus every day. You're becoming happier. Depression, discouragement, disappearing. You're in the light of His glory. In His presence is fullness of joy. You're getting happier and happier because you're getting filled up with God. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus that as we drink it, we drink in Christ himself. We give you praise. Amen. Let's receive. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Lift your hands. Say, Father, I open my heart to you. Come in and fill every chamber of my heart and let my heart beat passionately for you. Now say this, say, Lord, draw me unto you. I'm coming with all of my heart. Amen. And amen. Let your heart be on fire for God. This is the Pentecost week. Thanks for watching. I'll see you back next time. God bless you. Bye-bye. For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.